A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello! Babies, welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. And I'm Lisa. And this is Baby Geniuses, the Allie McBeal recap podcast you know and love. (laughs) No, it's not at all. (laughs) No. Emily, no. Stop trying to turn it into an Allie McBeal recap podcast. (laughs) I'm just trying to cash in, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, if only we'd done a recap podcast, we'd be rich. We'd now. be making the big bucks, <laughs> the big pos- podcast bucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> we are starting a little bit delayed right now because I had to urgently take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a rough week. You've had. Some, I've had a rough week. You've had some and- tur- turby bees. Yeah, it has interfered with my strike activity because I was just like, I don't think I could go to the picket line because I got to poop all day. (laughs) Yeah, picketing and diarrhea don't go together well. No, they don't. Um, (laughs) uh, That big rally on, was it Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, I was worried about that because I was feeling a little, but um, it was was not bad. It was fine. It was very crowded, but if you had had... A problem there. It would have been okay. There were a lot of bathrooms. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that's good to know. It was yeah, it was very crowded. We marched next to the grove. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, while we're at it, fuck Caruso. Boo, Nordstroms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like. Let's circle back to my diarrhea. Yeah, I, circling back. <laughs> I, I just want to get it over with. I have a theory about why I've been pooping so much, and I think it's maybe something bad, which is that. I think I got it from my artichokes that I grew in my garden because I think that last summer we sprayed for ants Mm -hmm. and that's, I think maybe I'm growing my artichokes in the place where my, the ant poison is. Do you think think that could be? You low key are poisoning yourself? Maybe. Thankfully, like none of my other vegetables are planted in that soil. It's just my artichokes because they're kind of like ornamental. But now I'm afraid to eat them. I don't know if that's why, but it's like that's the only thing I can think of that I ate that like Peter didn't. So as a diarrhea detective, I was my plan for you was to stop eating them and then try like an artichoke from the grocery store and see if that triggered anything. Because it could artichokes can be like a trigger for diarrhea really I yeah i think they can be a little like i don't know a lot of vegetables and fruits are iffy you know what i mean like i want to say that hasn't been my experience but at the same time it's like i very often would just have diarrhea and not notice it you're like yeah. not, not that i wouldn't notice it <laughs> just like i wouldn't take note <laughs> yeah so who knows man i don't know my experience of of aging has been oh this food that was previously fine is now causing me it's problems. now giving me diarrhea <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy oh boy yeah i don't want i don't want to find out what i can't eat anymore you know what i mean I like know. it was bad enough that it happened with fruit i know but sometimes it's just enjoying it in moderation yeah instead of yeah. just like every day it's like a cumulative problem <laughs> yeah in my experience <laughs> 
I will say I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make the most of being stuck at home kind of because I'm like, I just hadn't, haven't been feeling like going anywhere or doing anything because I just like don't know what's going on. And so I started like trying to reorganize my office. I started going through all my clothes to get rid of stuff. And when I do that, I like added a bunch of toilets to your office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what you meant, right? (laughs) Yeah. Reorganizing by putting, by moving my desk into my bathroom. Emily Heller has 15 toilets in her house. (laughs) It's amazing. Well, you know, when we resell the house, like, we'll get more money if it's, like, a two-bedroom, 18-bath. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what I like to see. That's my Redfin settings. (laughs) Um, But I've been, like, trying on all my old clothes, and I'm, like... I need to do that. I, I... realized like I don't weigh myself ever but me I me neither but I like so I don't keep track really of like if I'm gaining or losing weight but all of these clothes that had stopped fitting me started like fitting me again mm-hmm. and so I weighed myself and I was like I think I've lost like eight pounds since last October and I really wish I had weighed myself before this week of diarrhea started <laughs> Yeah, was it diarrhea? Wait, I'm like, how much of this is the diarrhea? <laughs> or I'm sure the picketing has something to do with it, but I'm like, I just want to know exactly how much. I do feel like... Uh... <laughs> Sorry if you're triggered by talk of, of specific numbers or weight or diarrhea. <laughs> or diarrhea. Yeah, this is a fucking minefield conversation. Really is, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I do... It's a very special episode. <laughs> Tonight on a very special episode of Baby Geniuses. <laughs> it's not special. We talk about this shit every time. <laughs> it's always... We might as well have a segment. I literally had to, like, look up, like, my vital signs from the last time I went to the doctor in order to figure out, like, what did I weigh, you know? Um, yeah, you and did. Yeah. Because it's just, like, I just forget that that's something people do, which I feel really lucky that that's my relationship with it. Yeah. I remember when I used to work in an office in New York, there was a scale in the women's bathroom. <laughs> and I and I truly was like, my first thought was like, is this to weigh yourself before and after you take a shit? <laughs> only reason is just to see how much your shit weighs. Only explanation I could possibly think of for why that needs to be there. If they could make a toilet with a scale in it, (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) I mean, you could just shit on a scale if you really wanted to. I know. know. Uh, Not the way things are going with me. (laughs) (laughs) You'd need a container. Oh, God. This is so gross. This is so gross. I'm so sorry. I guess this is like weeding out people who are normal from listening to our (laughs) podcast which is maybe good (laughs) oh no um well i i hope you're okay i hope you're getting enough electrolytes because i think that's the thing you really lose when you're yeah i should get some more electrolytes maybe eat some more cucumbers are you feeling okay are you feeling like extra tired i'm feeling okay yeah like i don't feel no you look fine i feel fine and i do think that it's maybe like on the way out. Oh God, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> um, I hope. I hope. I'm eating some more oatmeal. <sighs> yeah, I'm drinking some Gatorade. I like white rice to really slow things down. Bananas. Hmm? Yeah, bananas. I've been. I, I had a banana this week for the first time in a long time. Yeah, that'll help. 
I should get some more. <laughs> what is it? The brat diet? Bananas, rice, apples. Apples don't do well for me. Uh, toast. Toast. Okay. Yeah. Apples I can is a do weird toast. one. Apples is a little rough. Yeah. Apples seems like that's not, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. They just did it because it spelled something. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything else that started with A that would have appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> arugula no no <laughs> no no <laughs> yeah just rice and arugula for a week <laughs> yeah too spicy um um how else how is how else is your strike going besides um having to take a break <laughs> besides that um besides that it's going it's going well um yeah, yeah kind of uh, getting into the group of things. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to embrace the limbo now and pretend it's just like a summer hiatus instead of spinning out about whether I'll ever get to work on another show ever again. Right. Yeah. That's not the yeah. That. I'm like or worrying about when this will end. Who knows? As a per as a person, I am genuinely like very cool with not working. Like <laughs> just in terms of like I I'm not restless to like write something right now you know or to like do some work for no reason yeah um i like i can tend to relax into that but the uncertainty of not knowing what the future of our industry holds is a little bit scary to me if i could get the external validation but also not have to work that would be ideal (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like there's part of me that's sort of been like should i try and do stand-up again and then i just like have not sat down to try and write any i don't have any stand-up jokes right now i the last stand-up joke i wrote was about louis ck if that oh. tells you how long it's been since i've written a fucking stand-up joke it's probably still um, relevant oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately probably, probably i don't know uh it's not at to- the top of anyone's mind right now no, um thankfully yeah uh but i have started to try and think about like okay well I think for the last few years, and I don't know if this is interesting to anyone, but like because of the way, I mean, hopefully this is maybe a little bit more comprehensible to people outside of the industry now that this is happening and there's all this information out there about how like, you know, franchises and intellectual property and reboots and stuff are taking over the industry for these very specific Wall Street reasons. Yeah. But um, for the last few years, I've been sort of thinking about what I want to write in terms of like, well, what do people want right now? Mm -hmm. Like not thinking about what I actually want to make, thinking about like, well, what will people let me do? You know, like Mm. trying to come up with ideas for things that are actually like marketable, which is not the most creatively fulfilling or like, you know, but I was just trying to be realistic about where I am in my career right now, which is like, I'm not someone someone's just going to hand a TV show to like without, you know, someone really fancy vouching for me or something like that. So I was just trying to think of like, okay, well, I'll play ball, you know? Yeah. Um, and so now I'm trying to th- use some of this time to just think about like, okay, what would I do if I like truly didn't give a shit about mm-hmm. whether someone wanted this or not? Like, what's something that I like wanted to do, but that no one actually wants? Yeah, so <laughs> the so, opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about it that way, just because it's just, there's no point in thinking about it any other way, aside from, like, what makes me happy right now. Totally. And uh, I decided that, like, one thing that I really want to learn how to do, and I've talked about this before, I think, is I want to learn how to write a farce. 
Mm. Like a funny, like very silly screwball, like farce movie. Like slapsticky? Like kind of slapsticky, but mostly just sort of like very silly and zany. Yeah. Um, And so I decided uh, to just watch as many farce movies as I possibly could over the strike. (laughs) I'm doing a farce watch. Farce watch 2023. Um, I would love people's recommendations. I did ask for recommendations on Twitter, and it was fascinating how few people know what a farce is. (laughs) Yes. So let's let's cover, like, what have you watched so far? What are your favorites? Okay. So I have not watched very many so far. It started with this movie, Hell's a Poppin', which (laughs) I talked to you about when we were striking, but I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. And very weirdly, very coincidentally, after I watched it, there's like a weird like film Twitter thing where everyone's watching Hell's a Poppin' right now. (laughs) But that's not why I watched it. I just watched it because Peter's friend was like, hey, this movie's really funny and has like a lot of kind of Simpson-y jokes in it. Mm. And it's from, like, 1942 or something. Um, And it's just, like, a very old movie that's, like, farcical and meta and really joke-dense. And um, so that was the first one. And then I watched Noises Off, which Mm. is a farce about making a farce. Um, And it's pretty funny and really good actors in it and then i we watched a fish called wanda oh yeah that's that one's great which is great the only thing i knew about a fish called wanda going in was that someone died from laughing while watching it (laughs) um yeah um i feel like that's one of those movies that when i was a kid that was like an adult movie that the adults would watch Yes, for sure. It was one of those things where they were like, this isn't for kids. And it's because, like, the whole movie, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, here's my tits now. Do what I want. (laughs) You know? She's super hot in it. (laughs) She's so hot in it. She's so good. It's like, it's her movie. But also, Kevin Klein is so fucking hot in it. He's really good. Kevin Klein is so hot and so dumb in it. It's okay, great. Okay, I gotta rewatch this, like, right now. <laughs> I have a fish called Wanda Jones. Are you making... Is it making you horny to think about? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um... And then last night we watched The Death of Stalin, which was a lot of people's recommendations for a farce, like, Mm. that uh, I didn't realize it was, like, from 2017, and it's mostly based on true events, but it's, like, in Armando Iannucci movie, it feels very, like, Veep, but it's about, like, the week after Stalin died, Um, and uh, it's really funny. I really enjoyed it. Um, So, yeah, that's that's my farce watch right now for... 2023 open recommendations for reference if you want to send me a farce recommendation a farce is one of those movies where like people are sort of like rushing around and there's mistaken identities and there's you know like things get complicated and um you know what i mean like is that the that's the technical definition (laughs) i don't know it's not a satire it's not a uh a lot of people sent me recommendations for like satires or spoofs. It's not yeah. a spoof. It's not the same thing as a spoof. Um, it's like things going wrong and getting out of control and, um, you know, okay, so comedies I don't think, of errors. I was looking up whether Top Secret, the Val Kilmer movie from 1984, is a farce. And I don't think it is. I think, I think okay. it's more of a spoof. But that one's very silly, which I like. I also do like those movies, too. Top Secret is like... Um, it's like very silly and goofy and like a, the same way the airplane is. 
where there's just like mm. stuff happening in the background or just like things that don't make sense. Um, that yeah, are like, almost like, like surreal, surreal absurdism. Yeah. 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 Like there's part where they're on a train and then he looks out the window and he sees a man like running to catch a tree that's going by like a train. And it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and there's another one where like he sees like in the distance, like a horse pulling a cart. And it seems like the driver of the cart is singing like a German folk song. But then we zoom in and the horse is singing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Alan, I love that where movie. And going? also, Val Kilmer is incredibly hot in it. Man. Early crush. Yeah. Early Val Kilmer is extremely your type, extremely I'd say. Hot. Yeah, big blonde head. <laughs> yeah, big blonde head. Did you like him in Top Gun? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was nice. Yeah. To, yeah, nice to see him. I mean, I, I just. I no, I meant the original Top Gun. Oh, I don't remember the original Top Gun. I saw the oh, okay. more recent one. I'm like, well. No, it wasn't sexy, but it was nice that he was in it. Yeah, I was, I was like, no. <laughs> I appreciate it. I just it. mean, like, original Top Gun was, like, probably peak Val Kilmer. Yeah, I know. I know. I should, yeah, I should watch it because I liked the reboot a lot. Um, and the reboot's basically the same movie, just basically. beat for beat. Yeah. I know. Uh, the new Mission Impossible is out this weekend, and I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, I just love Tom Cruise action movies. <laughs> That's so funny. He's so really... good. He's so fucking good. I saw this video on Instagram that was just him just like driving a motorcycle off a cliff. And he did this <laughs> and he did it six times in one day. Like he just kept doing it. And oh like, my God. And then I read And it was some... for a movie? <laughs> yeah. No, it was just for fun. It was for, I think it was for the new Mission Impossible. And then I read something like, oh, he had to form his own insurance company because no insurance company would insure him because he does stunts that are so dangerous. I don't know if that's true or not, but I was like, cool. Oh my God. <laughs> that's so cool. Man. I know, I know he's a terrible like scientist, but be, whatever. <laughs> you have to be such a good actor in order to like still be so up your own ass and for people to put up with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a testament to how actually good he is at his job that we're like, well, he's got a bunch of Scientology slaves and he's really up his own ass. But fuck, if he's not the best at this thing, he's the he's the best at it. And also he like yelled at the entire crew. But it was for a good reason. It was for it was because of covid. Uh, uh-huh. They were not obeying the covid, you know, laws or whatever. <laughs> Keep set safe. So I was almost like, ah, he probably shouldn't yell at them, but I kind of get it. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm trying not to defend Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, really, I am. <laughs> Anyways, I'm excited. Um, that's a great watch, and I'm very excited to hear more about as you continue to watch your farces. Um, I'm still like low key doing a horror watch. I saw the the Vivitch. Um, I pronounce it the Vivitch, but it's just the witch. Oh. Really <laughs> and um and i liked it and i saw us the jordan peele movie oh yeah um which i worried would be really scary and it was but in a, like a really great creepy way and i really oh, cool. loved it i just i'm such a jordan peele fan now i'm like i'm gonna see everything he ever does because oh wow it's just, okay i love i've it. still been meaning to watch his other movies other than get I, out i recommend us and it actually i don't think it was that scary i was really nervous and it was totally tolerable like okay it's just yeah it's creepy um but it's just really interesting and yeah i just keep thinking about it um cool and i continue to think about it follows which is still my favorite um and i keep thinking of like stupid scenarios within the it follows universe um Uh like i'm like what if an older married couple were cursed with it follows and they were just kind of passed it back and forth 
every time every time they had sex and they were kind of blase about it. They were like, honey, can you take the it follows this week? Things are really busy at work and I'm exhausted. They used it to act out their resentments against each other. Yeah. <laughs> or they like, you know, one of them gives it, it follows to the other and then they drive up to their like weekend home in the country for a couple days and wait for the it follows to come and then they they leave you know go back to their city house it's just like you know like a nice rich older couple <laughs> i think i need to make an it follows zine <laughs> i think that's a fucking great idea please oh boy bring back zines that's the, should come from this strike yeah and like shitty zines black and white photocopy yeah. zines i'm not talking i'm sick of these fancy ass risograph de- designer <laughs> full color no, no, I li- I you like- gotta steal the copies from from fucking office max you gotta get a summer internship at a place with a copier and steal them <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> that's how it works long reach stapler oh yeah fucking do it old school um i turned 40 this week Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. It sounds like a big number to me, Uh, but I don't really feel that way. (laughs) God, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The base 10 system is stupid. I don't like honoring it, but it is a big deal to turn 40. It seems big. If we Um, had a different number of fingers, we would just be counting completely differently. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. You think it's based on our fingers? I think you're right. 100%. It's 100%. 100%. That is why we count to 10. Wow. Wow, yeah. So I'm only eight hands. <laughs> it's not that many. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a stupid way to count, and I think it should be the base 12 system, but wow, whatever. Base we, can't, we can't do it. Um, yeah. I love the top that you got me for my birthday. That was such a thoughtful gift. And oh, yay. when I tried it on, I felt like a prize bullfighter, and also like I could make a de pizza. <laughs> It's <laughs> like an Italian look to it. <laughs> You're all over Europe right now. <laughs> um, I'm so happy that it fits. I can't wait to see it in person. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I want to see how you're going to style it. I know. That's what I have to figure out. I think just yeah. black pants. You know, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you yeah. figure it out. That um, seems like the move, but yeah. Um, what else did you do to celebrate your birthday? Um, well, actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, we went on a little trip to Colorado and went to a ranch uh, called Zapata Ranch. And it's like a oh, place yeah. I've always wanted to go. And um, we were kind of like, oh, should we go like during the strike? But we'd already like paid for half of it. And so we're like, yeah, let's just go. It'll be fine. And it was just I really. Mean, they, they officially said they were like, don't cancel any yeah, trips you have planned. Totally. And we were like, this is going to last a while. It'll, there'll still be plenty yeah. of strike left when we come back. Um, and so we went and it's just awesome. You go to this ranch and like you all eat meals communally with every other guest there. And there's only a few guests. So you really meet everybody. And it's really sweet. And like and then you go out on these rides like on the range or in the great sand dunes national park. And you ride out for like four or five hours and you, oh, wow. you bring like a little tinned lunch and you sit and eat your lunch next to your horse. And it's just fucking awesome. And like, oh, my God, that's the dream. It was so fun. And then you get the same horse the whole trip. So you really bond with your horse. And I got this mare named Peach who was really fast. <laughs> I really loved it. <laughs> I was just uh, galloping her around and like, yeah, uh, it was like my dream. 
You must have been in hog heaven. I was in hog heaven. And Adam came and he rode horses with me and he like did all the things. I was so proud of him. Oh, wow. Does he, is he like not as big? I mean, obviously I was like, to be like, is he not as big of a fan of horses as you are? Obviously he's not. No. Very few people are. I just meant like, does he ride? Is he like. No, not at yeah. all. Like he's gone on like a couple trail rides with me over the last like decade, you know? Um, yeah. But this time, yeah, he really went for it. Like he really like learned how to control his horse and like he tried trotting oh, cool. and, and loping and like, I was really proud of him. That's awesome. Because that's that's not easy riding out for that many hours. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of it's, it's a lot me. of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wow. Loved it. it was great. I cheated on Junie. <laughs> <laughs> could she tell when you got back she could not care less she was like my ass got a break <laughs> great <laughs> um that's very exciting yeah i'm very special. happy you got to do that thank you i'm trying to think of like what would my equivalent of that be i don't know if there's anything like that that i would like want to do that badly yeah, is there like a like a naturalist trip you could go on where it's like about like gardens and I don't know. I don't even know if I would enjoy that though. I like know. do I like doing it outside of my house? I'm not sure. Um I yeah. do have like a fantasy of like after I retire like doing the master gardener course and like getting oh, really good at gardening, but Oh yeah. Um there's so many things I want to do when I retire and instead I'm just sort of doing them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I do have, for people who are not following me on Instagram, if you're interested in the current state of my, like, caterpillar situation, I recommend following me on Instagram because I'm posting about it a lot. I have all my, I've been collecting caterpillars and caterpillar eggs from my milkweed and putting them in my little, like, uh, cube of delight <laughs> in my little enclosure and just like staring at it <laughs> i like the picture um, you posted uh you were like i got papped and it's just like peter took a picture of you staring at your cube <laughs> yeah he took it from inside the house <laughs> out the window at me just like sitting in a chair like leaned over like staring at the like enclosure just like watching the caterpillars do nothing <laughs> I really keep just like being out there and just realizing like I've been out there for so long. (laughs) (laughs) That's so nice. It's so nice that it's like so um, involving, like it. Yeah. Engrossing. I love a hobby like that. I'm enjoying it, even though I feel like I am killing some of them. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, what, just, that's just part of it. What can you do? Yeah, yeah that's just do? part of it. Part of it is they're going to die. <laughs> um <laughs> But I am I am excited about um, excited about the future for them. Um, oh, I had one more thing to say, which was that the other thing that I did while I was like homesick with diarrhea was <laughs> I just plugged like every name I could think of into the California Unclaimed Property website and found just thousands of dollars for people I know. Oh yeah, I... yeah. You don't have any, but. Oh, thanks for trying. Yeah. Yeah. I did that recently. And yeah, you must have claimed it already. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, one person had $7,000. Yeah. Wow. Did they thank thank you when you? (laughs) Yeah. They were like, what? (laughs) But they were like, you know, I had gotten a notice that I had an unclaimed check. It didn't say how much it was for. And I just like put it in a pile of mail because I was like depressed and I didn't like deal with it. And uh 
So <laughs> they were very excited to find out. <laughs> Amazing. I think that was the most, but I did feel like such a creep because it was like a lot of people I haven't talked to in a long time, but I just like <laughs> remembered their names. I truly put in so many different names. And <laughs> That's a great way to like reconnect with an old friend is just to be like, yeah. hey, you hey, have money. <laughs> you have $2,500 waiting for you if you do a little bit of paperwork. <laughs> Um, okay, should we do Chunch Chat? Yeah. Okay, it's time for Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony band, Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Chunch. Chunch, man. Chunch. I don't have a lot today. <laughs> Um, I just looked at her Instagram and Martha Stewart just posted a bunch of pictures of her farm and she captioned it this morning. The farm was more than glorious. It was exquisite. The light, the air, the colors, the sky. Enjoy. (laughs) And I just think it's wild considering how many animals she has on this farm to post so many pictures of the farm with zero animals in any of the pictures. I think that's psychotic. <laughs> I think we need to call the doctor on Martha Stewart because something's wrong with her for doing that. I don't like a picture of nature that doesn't have a an animal in it. All it has <laughs> is fences and trees and grass. And just come on, spruce it up. There's horses like just off camera, you can tell. Come on. Slide your lens over to the left and capture a chunch for mine eyes. Um, and also my eyes have seen the glory of the challenge he is a horse (laughs) and then people are just right crazy they're like looking sharp the details are showing what is wrong with you what are you commenting that for martha thanks for sharing your beautiful home what the hell some of the shit that people comment it's like what are you all think is gonna happen what are you doing (laughs) oh my god wait sorry i have to derail this conversation immediately please you mentioned bots okay (gasps) (laughs) so this week on jeopardy (laughs) there was (laughs) a contestant who was introduced as a cryptocurrency expert and angel investor. Ew. Which is, like, already gross. And then his anecdote was about him climbing Mount Everest and almost die- dying. Oh so already Idiot. I was like, fuck this asshole. I hate fuck this, kind this of guy person. so much. Yeah. I fucking hate this guy so much. And, like, just never rooted so hard against someone and wouldn't you know it <laughs> he had negative $3,800 going into Final Jeopardy <laughs> <That is> so <laughs> bad <laughs> it was so funny and at one point he had negative $5,000 it's so it was such a funny metaphor for crypto that wow. this dude goes on Jeopardy and is in the hole so hard and um uh i just so he didn't get to compete but it was so funny it was really a genuinely such a satisfying watch and i tweeted just absolutely hilarious game of jeopardy tonight where a cryptocurrency investor ended up with negative thirty eight hundred dollars going into final Uh 
And the fucking crypto bots oh, yeah. that responded uh, to this <laughs> were so funny in how just like terrible their reading comprehension was. Mm-hmm. One of them was, talk about high stakes. This Jeopardy game took a wild turn when a cryptocurrency investor ended up with negative $3,800 going into final. A risky move that had everyone on the edge of their seats. <laughs> What? Yeah, he really took a risk by losing so bad. <laughs> <laughs> really went for it. High risk, high reward. <laughs> and so and Not another cri- any answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really adventurous to go on Jeopardy without knowing anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also it was like there was nothing about it that was like, oh shit, you know, it was just like, wow, yeah. this guy keeps losing. This and guy's another just bo- beefing it nonstop. <laughs> Another bot said, oh, wow, that must have been a nail-biting game of Jeopardy. It's always interesting to see how different topics like cryptocurrency can come up in unexpected places. Wrong. So wrong. (laughs) It's like, it was not nail-biting at all. There was nothing about it that had me on the edge of my seat. It was like, (laughs) it is guaranteed that this man is going to lose. There is just, at a certain point, there was not enough money on the board to get him out of the hole for Final Jeopardy. (laughs) Nothing was more sure than the fact that he would not be in final jeopardy anyway <laughs> it just really made me just really made me laugh man um uh, that's great. it was only slightly dampened by the fact that i don't like the current champion who like beat him mm. but whatever i haven't been watching lately yeah it's been not a good couple of weeks yeah not a good couple of weeks for the game but mm-hmm. um last night's game was good Nice. Sorry. Okay, back to Chunch Chat. <laughs> oh, I was done. That's okay. it. Okay. That concludes Chunch Chat, I think. That concludes Chunch Chat. We'll be right back with one on fun. One on fun. Lisa. Um, um, uh, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is, um, the most useless thing that you've held on to for too long? Oh, that's a tough question. Because I hold on to a lot of fucking garbage. Yeah. Hmm, what is the most useless thing that I'm like, I'm going to need this someday? Uh-huh. Um, looking around my room. That is what inspired this question. I mean, I have, I have things that I'm like, I'm probably never going to do this project again. And yet I can't bring myself to throw out like a half done or like, like a hobby that I'd never finish. Like I, like I, one time I ordered this like kit from Etsy, which is like this paper lamp that you make. And it's like in the shape uh-huh. of a turtle. It was like peak pandemic when I ordered this <laughs> in my defense. And I like started it and never finished it. And I'm never going to. And I still yeah. have that. So that's really but useless. That's less than three years. So that's not too bad. That's, but. Yeah. And then same with like, I have like a, like a nail lamp for doing my own nails. I don't think I'm going to do my own nails 
I don't think I'm going to do that again. It just didn't go well. Yeah. I wasn't good at it. And I was like, wow, I'd have to spend so much time to actually get good at this to do yeah. like, my own like acrylics. Um, and that's someone with a fucking art degree saying that. So other people <laughs> should give up. <laughs> um, and then I have like a basket of yarn, you know, when I was doing yarn weaving. Um, I could do another yarn weaving someday. It's just, yeah, know, it's been years. And like, I don't know, a basket of yarn. Yarn comes in handy. Not really. Yeah. Um, so it's just stuff like that. Yeah. It just, it's hard to let go of things. It is. I had a bicycle um, in my garage that I hadn't ridden in literally 10 years um, oh wow but then luckily someone stole it so it really because my garage door <laughs> my garage door had a problem where it kept opening randomly and someone just took it off my hands <laughs> like you know what i can't even be thank mad about you. this yeah thanks <laughs> i wasn't using it so, cheers um <laughs> i have this chair right behind me that like for a while was like in our bedroom at Peter's desk, but it wasn't like the desk that he mostly used. And then it like gave him a back problem. Like mm. it's a fucked up chair, but it used to belong to David Hyde Pierce from Frasier. <laughs> and so I don't think I can get rid of it. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable and it literally like injured Peter. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, and I'm not sitting in it today because it's so squeaky that I couldn't like podcast in it because it would be too audible. And you- I don't know what to do. I feel like I can't get rid of it because it belonged to David Hyde Pierce. And it's part of my like Frasier effect. Can you put it in your ADU? I don't know where we would. I mean, there's there's room in there, but like I can't I can't immediately turn that into the depository for shit that sucks. You should um <laughs> you should auction it off. Yeah, like, I have I have no proof that it belonged to David Hyde Pierce aside from hearsay. <laughs> Just auction it off as memorabilia and then mm-hmm. but say you don't have proof and then yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what I should get is like someone I know who knows him to email him a photo of the chair and be like, can you confirm that you used to own this? <laughs> can you confirm that this chair sucks? <laughs> <laughs> um, are you mad that the new Frasier reboot doesn't have David Hyde Pierce in it? I knew he wasn't going to do it. I knew 100% he wasn't going to do it. It's crazy he- to me because like he is the show. Like He is the show. Um, I have no, I'm reserving judgment on the show until I see sure, it. Sure, sure. That's, that's very fair. <laughs> but oh. I am already troubled by like, I think from what I know about it, which is some insider stuff, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's going to be like as strongly influenced by homosexuals as the previous iteration was, mm-hmm. which makes me think that it's not going to be as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reboots usually aren't. Um, Usually. I, um, oh, I, that reminds me just like speaking of old sitcoms, um, me and Adam caught a marathon of old taxi episodes on TV. Oh yeah. And now I'm like fixated on taxi. It's such a good, really? I fucking love taxi. And I used to watch it when I was a teenager, I'd watch it with my parents and it just felt like weirdly sad and gritty and adult. Um, yeah. Like the Isn't char- it weird how shows feel like that when you're a kid? Yeah, but also it is gritty. Like, it's, like, very, yeah. very 70s and, like, um, or, you know, early 80s. And, uh, like, Danny DeVito's character is such a little... He's horrible. He's often constantly, <laughs> like, sexually harassing everyone and, like... Um, but you still, like, kind of feel for him. And the theme song is so fucking good. 
Oh yeah. Uh, what is the theme song? The Bob James song. It's like this jazzy. It's like. Oh yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It's like it's so fucking good. <laughs> so uh, I've been listening to that on repeat. Have you been learning how to play it? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Uh so yeah, I I guess I endorse horse taxi. <laughs> okay. Oh, it, roll the endorse horse theme. Oh. Baby geniuses endorse letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies one endorse horse. Endorse horse. Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset. Now here's something we endorse. Okay, this doesn't get you out of asking me a one-on-one question, I but know. sure. Segment within a segment. <laughs> Do you have an endorse horse? Uh, Do I have an endorse horse? Um, I endorse horse. Why am I treating this like it's fucking one on fun and now I'm like looking around the room for suggestions? Um, <laughs> you don't I have endorse horse the movie A Fish Called Wanda. I already talked about oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. It's funny. That's a great um, endorse horse. Yeah. An endorse. Uh-huh. It's an endorse fish. Um, <laughs> There's a part in that movie that I thought was really funny where like Kevin Klein is like hiding in the bathroom from this guy and like the guy opens the door and he's sitting there on the toilet fully clothed. <laughs> and so it's like he's found out and then he stands up and he flushes the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and that joke really made me laugh. That's great. Um, All right. Now I have to ask you a one on one question. Yeah. I didn't forget. Um... Uh, Emily, can you make a barfing noise right now? Why do you want that? Aren't you an emetophobe? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get over it. I watched, um, I recently rewatched Bridesmaids, which is to me like one of the worst, most emetophobic movies. Oh yeah. Ever. There's a whole, a whole big barf scene. In yeah. That. that scene triggers me so bad. Um, and I just like, I made myself watch it. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to. Interesting. You're doing immersion therapy. I am. Um, okay, I'm going to do a very specific barfing noise. And this is the noise that um, my siblings used to make when we were little. They used to pretend they were eating me. Um, <laughs> they would go like, and I'd be like, no, no, put it back, put it back. Like, I was genuinely very scared that they were eating me and it was going to be permanent. And they were like, okay, I'll put it back. And they'd go, Bleh. <laughs> And pretend like they were barfing me back out. This is gross. So (laughs) gross. (laughs) Anyway, youngest sibling shit. (laughs) Does that conclude? That concludes one on fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. Oh my gosh, hi, it's me, Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture game show, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play a whole host of games, like one where I describe a show using limerick, and our guests have to figure out what it is. Let's do one right now. What show am I talking about? This podcast has game after game, and brilliant guests who come play you. The host is named Dave. It could be your fave, so try it. Life won't be the same. Uh, a big business starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Close, but no. Oh, Is it Troubled Waters, the pop culture quiz show with all your favorite comedians? Yes! Troubled Waters is the answer. To this question and all of my life's problems. Now, legally, we actually can't guarantee that. But you can find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Jay Keith, do you know what I love more than the trivia, comedy, and celebrity guests on our podcast, Go Fact Yourself? No, what, Helen? Sharing all of those things with an actual audience. A live audience. Woohoo! Well, lucky for you listeners, Go Fact Yourself has brand new episodes featuring live audiences cheering on guests every month. And we still have all of our Zoom episodes with contestants and experts from around the world. We can truly have it all. Yay! You can hear it all twice a month, every month, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, no excuses. So if you're not listening, you can go fact yourself. Wiki of the week. All right. This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Jenna Phillips. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you. It is the Wikipedia page for Straw Hat Riot. It sounds like this the name of a ska song. <laughs> yeah, because well, it sounds like <laughs> Zoot Suit Riot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually like the Zoot Suit Riot is like a ska song and the Straw Hat Riot should be like a barbershop quartet song. <laughs> Each type of genre of music gets its own kind of riot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Straw Hat Riot of 1922 was a riot that occurred in New York City at the end of the summer as a result of unwritten rules in men's fashions at the time and a tradition of taunting people who had failed to stop wearing straw hats after autumn began. Originating as a series of minor riots, it spread due to men wearing straw hats past the unofficial date that was deemed socially appropriate, uh, socially acceptable, September 15. It lasted eight days, leading to many arrests and some injuries. <laughs> so I've read this entire page already, which is not always the case, because I get I kept trying to figure out, like, why were people so mad? And there is just not going to be an answer. So I just want everyone to relax into this. There's no good reason for this to have been a riot. There's no there's no injustice being fought. There's no oppression being, like, handed down from the authorities. This is just fucking senseless, stupid violence. Anyway, my favorite kind. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's, like, a big thing missing from this Wikipedia page, which is possible. Okay. Background. Straw hats had appeared in the 19th century as summertime wear, usually in connection to summer sporting events such as boating, hence the name boater. Hmm. Soft Panama hats were likewise derived from tropical attire, but began to be worn as informal summer attire. Initially, it was not considered good form for men to wear these in big cities, even at the height of summer. In parentheses, women's hats were different. (laughs) (laughs) By the early 20th century, straw boaters were considered acceptable day attire in northern American cities at the height of summer, even for businessmen. But there was an unwritten rule that one was not supposed to wear a straw hat past September 15th, which was known as felt hat day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the source for that, yeah, well, <laughs> the source for that is the New York Times. There was an article from September twentieth, nineteen twenty-five, called "Discard Date for Straw Hats Ignored by President Coolidge." Wow, the president. <laughs> Um, this date was arbitrary. Earlier, it had been September 1st, but it eventually shifted to mid-month. It was socially acceptable for stockbrokers to destroy each other's hats due to the fact they were companions. <laughs> huh. Um, 
but it was not acceptable for total strangers. If any man was seen wearing a straw hat, he was at minimum subjecting himself to ridicule, and it was a tradition for youths to knock straw hats off wearers' heads and stomp on them. This tradition became well-established, and newspapers of the day would often warn people of the impending approach of the 15th, when men would have to switch to felt or silk hats. Hat bashing was only socially acceptable after September 15th, but there were multiple occasions leading up to this date where the police had to intervene and stop teenagers. Oh, teens. So this makes me wonder, too, like, how much of this was also, like, spurred on by the newspaper articles. Like, if someone didn't know about this and then the newspaper was like, hey, watch out, people are going to start ripping your hat off your head at this point, people would be like, oh, cool, I'm allowed to do that? Yeah, it was like (laughs) Like, a Streisand effect kind of thing. Yeah. um, It was a a real TikTok trend. (laughs) The 20s, you might say. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, yes. Riot. Um, The riot itself began on September 13th, 1922, two days before the supposed unspoken date, when a group of youths decided to get an early jump on the tradition. This group began in the former Mulberry Bend area of Manhattan by removing and stomping hats worn by factory workers who were employed in the area. The more innocuous stomping turned into a brawl when the youths tried to stomp a group of dock workers' hats, and the dock workers fought back. The brawl soon stopped traffic on the Manhattan Bridge and was eventually broken up by police, leading to some arrests. And the source for this is an article in the New York Tribune that's titled Straw Hat Smashing Orgy Bears Heads from Battery to Bronx. What a great headline. I also really like imagining some burly dock workers all wearing little boaters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Although the initial brawl was broken up by police, the fights continued to escalate the next evening. Gangs of teenagers prowled the streets, wielding large sticks, sometimes with a nail driven through the top for hooking hats, looking for pedestrians wearing straw hats and beating those who resisted. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's like West Side Story. I'm mad. (laughs) One man claimed that his hat was taken and the group who had taken his hat joined a mob of about 1,000 that was snatching hats all along Amsterdam Avenue. Oh, my God. So this is where the idea of a weapon of like a piece of wood with a nail in the end came from. Is this where it originated? The nail was originally to remove a hat? Oh, maybe. (laughs) It's so scary. A board with a nail in it. It's Ah. so scary. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Isn't there like a joke about that on The Simpsons, like a Treehouse of Horror episode or something? Yeah. Yeah. Several men were hospitalized from the beatings they received after resisting having their hats taken and many arrests were made. Police were slow to respond to the riots, although several off-duty police officers found themselves caught up in the brawl when rioters attempted to snatch their hats. Two or three boys were accosted by pedestrians who said their straw hats had been smashed. The boys were arrested. Wow. Jesus. Many of those taken to court following arrests related to the hat snatching frenzy opted to be fined rather than serve time in jail. The longest recorded <laughs> time like, one of them. <laughs> I'd rather be out there snatching hats. <laughs> <laughs> this all sounds like a waste of money. Um, yes. The longest recorded time one of the teens was sent to jail was three days, served by an A. Silverman, who was sentenced by Magistrate Peter A. Hatting during night court. Conflict of interest, <laughs> Mr. Hatton, he will should be presiding over this. Court. Recuse himself from this case. 
In one incident, a group of boys armed with sticks attacked people near 109th Street. Seven youths brought to the East 104th Street police station were under 15 and were not arrested. Their parents were summoned to administer corporal punishment. Wow. After the... So they were like, "You, we need to call your parents to come here and spank you. That's... Best case scenario, what happened? Um, After the station dealt with the original riot, all stations were told to keep an eye out for hat-snatching teenagers. E.C. Jones claimed to have seen around a thousand teenagers in a mob roaming around Amsterdam Avenue. One victim, Harry Gerber, was kicked so badly he had to be hospitalized. That's horrible. That's awful. The tradition of hat smashing continued for some time after the riots of 1922. In 1924, a man was murdered for wearing a straw hat. Um, nineteen twenty-five oh also saw arrests made in New York. That the activity died out is probably connected with the disappearance of the tradition of the seasonal switch from straw to felt hats. While Panama hats remained in fashion during the nineteen thirties, the straw boater became less fashionable. Good, mm. it was causing deaths. <laughs> yeah, straw hats for men continued to be manufactured, but they were more similar to hats such as the Panama trilby or fedora in shape. By the 1950s, the classic straw boater was virtually extinct as a garment, except in specialized circumstances such as the uniform of certain English public schools or university and college sportswear. Wow. See also, zoot suit riot, hard hat riot, list of incidents of civil unrest in New York City and in the U.S. Um, Wow. Yeah, so when you say, if you say fashion doesn't matter, fashion is a life or death thing. Yeah. And the fashion police are real. <laughs> and they'll beat the shit out of you for no reason. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is a really good page and very fucking weird. And why did this happen? Why? It just doesn't explain why. Why were people so aggro? I'm looking at an article in the... Um, Pittsburgh uh, Press from September 15th, 1910. So early on before the official riots, just talking about like the trend of this. And that I think they called it the straw hat riots even before the actual like really intense one happened. And um, this says the the incident may be regarded as an outbreak of the sheer exuberance of youth. It is well known that the longer animal spirits are restrained, the more violent will be their escape when the opportunity presents itself. And if the opportunity is unduly delayed, one will be created out of hand. Pittsburgh is full of hardworking young men, and they seem to think there are not enough holidays and not enough public games and carnivals. The boisterous enthusiasm with which thousands of them enter into the street sports on Halloween is an example. And now we have the sudden manifestation of a desire to inaugurate straw hat riots as a regular annual event. (sighs) Yeah. Um, Well, I'm glad that these days are behind us. Yeah. Um, Not all not all young men have this kind of energy, but sometimes you encounter a group of them and they have this energy that just like, it's just like they it just feels like they'll kill you if you're wearing the wrong kind of hat it just <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean this really compounds the fear that i've had all my life which is just am i wearing the wrong thing probably <laughs> i i may get beaten <laughs> am i gonna be beaten to a pulp by a board with a nail in it because <laughs> my pants look weird 
Well, thank you for sending that. Uh, that concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? I learned that in the 20s, dock workers would wear little straw boaters, and they all had big lollipops that they would like. <laughs> I think part of that might be from your imagination. <laughs> mm, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, what did you learn? Um, I learned that <laughs> uh, Lisa has failed to make a turtle-shaped paper lampshade. <laughs> so I regret releasing this information. It is my shame. <laughs> only to have it thrown back in your face during the what did i learn segment my half-finished turtle lamp is throbbing (laughs) like the telltale heart i can hear it at all moments it haunts me day and night i need to throw it in the trash never gonna finish this turt uh Uh, wow wow excellent Um, excellent episode Excellent um, episode. Is one, there anything else? Yeah. I, yes, I have one thing. I have a sleep talking story, and it is from my boyfriend Adam. He talked oh, in wow. his sleep once again, and this time I actually wrote it down. And he wrote, he said, <laughs> he woke up, sat upright, and said, "Not my field, unfortunately. I might get it done, depending on a few factors." <laughs> <laughs> and um, I asked him about it the next day. And he said he didn't remember what the dream was about, but he said, it sounds like I'm being grilled at a cocktail party and I'm trying to push the person off a little bit. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm saying, like, that's sociology and I'm an anthropologist. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, he sounds smarter in his sleep somehow. I mean, it's funny that he was like, oh, yeah, I must have been dreaming about a party and not like being on a panel or something like yeah. that's a panel answer. Um, Not my field, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I might get it done. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I um, I wanted to read this, um, this other uh, email we got mm. from one of our listeners about the concept of eating in the dark. Oh, yeah. Um, we talked about the idea of eating in, in blackout restaurants last on the last episode. And this is um, a letter from a listener. Um, saying, I've listened to Baby Geniuses since Lisa and Emily were still in New York talking about riding around with a basket on bike. I maybe tweeted at Lisa once a drawing of an egg jumping off a cast iron skillet to its death Midsommar style, but like years before <laughs> Midsommar had come out. But I've never felt the, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But I've never felt the urge to write until now. Eating in the dark is horrifying. Those blackout (laughs) restaurants terrify me. Being a food tester in those infrared rooms terrify me. I cook at home as a way to incorporate sensory textural experience into my life, and eating in the dark is the opposite of that. I cringed at the notion since a visually appealing meal is part of the process. What if I was eating the biggest stray hair ever and I couldn't see it? Or my fresh green beans had been replaced with canned green beans from 1991 by a trickster and I had no idea. We need to make clip-on dinner plate lights a thing (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to read that because i like when um someone is really upset at an idea like that i know to the point where they cannot fired up (laughs) keep it inside (laughs) it did make me think about people who are visually impaired both people who have been born that way and people who develop it later in life and how they adapt to to eating in particular and whether you know it's still you know it still must be like a very a sensory experience for them and whether they are like focusing more on the smell and taste the smell must become much much more important if you're someone who has 
um, lost your sight or been born without sight, I would love to hear about what eating is like for you. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, no. Well, you can email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com to tell us all about that. And you can follow us online. I'm at Lisa Draws on Instagram or Lisa Hanawalt on Patreon. I'm Mr. Emily Heller on all things, including Blue Sky. Ooh, Blue Sky. Yeah. Hello. Um, um, and thanks to our producer, Rob Para. Yeah. Thanks to my brother, Nate Heller, for our theme songs. Yeah. And, and goodbye. goodbye. Yay. Yay. Baby geniuses, we know everything. 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 MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.